Thanks for listening today to In 16 Years. I'm Amy, and this is a podcast where I talk about what I've learned in 16 years of living with stage 4 endo, severe IBS, fibromyalgia, and interstitial cystitis. My name is Brittany, and I live with celiac disease, anxiety, and my own hormonal fun. We hope this show will inspire you, empower you, and help you feel supported on your own health journey. Brittany and I are not doctors, dietitians, mental health professionals, experts on endometriosis, or any kind of qualified medical professional. So that means that none of the information we share on this podcast is medical or mental health advice. If you get inspired by something we say, always consult your qualified medical professional first before making any changes. Today we want to talk about the good that's come in my life from having endometriosis. I'm sorry, what? What? (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) I'm sorry, did you say the good in your life that came from endometriosis? I think she's gone a little off the deep end this time. (laughs) Wow, she thinks disease is good. Okay. Honestly, I'm surprised to hear myself saying those words. If I had heard myself or anyone say that, even five years ago, I would have rolled my eyes and been like, are you kidding me? Just rolled your eyes. I feel like you probably would have just slapped them, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Like knowing you even like, stop saying garbage like that. Smack. So I get it. If you are right now like, I can't. If you want to punch us. Yeah. (laughs) She's even going there. I get it. We can relate. I get it. And this episode right now, in this moment, it might not be a good time for you. It honestly took me 16 years to get to a point where I could say that something positive came out of having endometriosis. She means me. Oh, <laughs> this whole episode is about Brittany and our friendship. Finally, what about me? <laughs> endometriosis will lead you to amazing people. No, but that is the truth, right? Because yeah. we've met so many amazing listeners and people who have been writing us and Even on Instagram, I mean, so many of the amazing end warriors that I'm following, I'm just blown away by your content, by your strength, by your inspiration. Just right now, let's just give a shout out to all the people who have been inspiring us. There's just so many out there. And so, see, there's another good thing that's come out of having endometriosis gaining the community that's not something you'd have without having endometriosis up the way we're gonna talk <laughs> about today always, every time we say endometriosis <laughs> sounds like a like a, a scary movie oh well you know we determined it was a scary movie it's so. like when you say the name of a demon you're yeah. like in the church and you, can you can you swear in the church or no but if you yeah, if you wanted to you would, you would say it really quietly <laughs> and that is how we refer to yes. endometriosis, endometriosis. <laughs> don't invoke them. I guess we have to go back to every episode and like redo them. Don't all. invoke them. <laughs> invoke endometriosis. Ooh, that sounds like the most ruthless demon I could imagine. So why did we decide to do this episode where we talk about some of the good things that came from endometriosis? I got sick in high school, as many of us did. Thanks, puberty. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to quit. All the activities that I was in in high school, like I was literally like practically overnight just so sick that bye-bye varsity tennis team, bye-bye track team, 
bye-bye trying to be a black belt in karate. Yeah, I know that's laughable. Wow. But <laughs> I was doing karate and it was fun wow. and I loved it. But bye-bye hopes and dreams and ambitions. I can imagine that white gi being very messy. <laughs> There's a leak anyway. <laughs> Try wearing all white when yeah, you're on your period and doing like Ooh. the roundhouse kick. You're like, oh, wow, there's a giant Japanese flag between your legs. <laughs> How appropriate <laughs> for this brand of martial arts. <laughs> it was Korean, so not really. Oh, darn it. <laughs> it was Tang Sudo. And then, you know, it's like, did it get did it go uphill or no? Did it get better from there? Yeah, uphill? No, I'm not sure which up. I'm not sure which hill. Okay, it went downhill. <laughs> I was going to say the only part is that it did not get better. So either way, it's down. College, constant nausea, pooping behind bushes. Oh, really classy. hard to make friends. Classy. The drunk guy puking behind bushes. Meanwhile, you're having diarrhea behind the bush. So, I mean, like, it's the same. <laughs> then you get out of college. You want a career? Kind of hard to have a nine-to-five job when you're dealing with chronic pain, chronic nausea, chronic diarrhea, chronic symptoms of endometriosis. And that's not just from nine-to-five. That's from nine-to-nine. That's <laughs> 24 hours a day. When you're sick seven out of seven days of the week, it makes you... When you're sick eight out of seven days of the week. It's really hard to have a job five of those days out of the week. So thank you, endometriosis. Because as they get older, the consequences of having you get worse. Oh, how great. It's like a fine wine. (laughs) It just gets worse with age. (laughs) Hence this episode, because I have decided to get better with age. Ooh, girl. Endometriosis. Oh, endometriosis. (laughs) Don't forget. (laughs) Or not. It's so tiring. You're fighting for 16 years. Some of you listening, 20 years, 30 years. I mean, we're fighting like basically our whole adult lives and earlier, just fighting to be okay and just, it's tiring. I've talked about this in other episodes, but I got to a point where it's like, I was so tired. I felt like I'd given up so many activities and I was in so much pain all the time, eating, peeing, pooping, having sex, breathing, like being alive was so physically and emotionally painful. And it came to the point where I was wondering why I I should even still be here. I just took a long time to contemplate. You know, I realized that if I honestly, if I was going to have any chance, any slight chance at not even happiness, I mean, like at not being neutrality. (laughs) Yeah. At just like not being totally miserable and totally depressed. Like I, I realized I have to see the good things in my life, even though that they seemed so few numbered at the time. I just had to see something good. Because if not, it's just, it will eat you alive. And I was drowning. And I was like, I can't. Like, I need a lifeboat. I need something to rescue me from this. And then came gratitude. Oh, I thought you were going to say me. <laughs> oh, well. I thought this was about me. I'm so, so Well, we met when I was like 30. I and I'm know. talking about when I was like 27 I just or wanted something. to be really helpful, okay? Oh, we'll start over. And. And I needed a lifeboat. And then I met gratitude. Oh, shoot. I, I mean, Brittany. <laughs> I feel so special. <laughs> Let's have a big round of applause for Brittany. 
Wow. Who so is special. amazing, who has been an amazing support to the Endu community, who has been an amazing friend to me, who has been an amazing listener, who has been so inspirational, always talking about how incredibly strong we are. I'm going to cry. Thank you, Brittany. Mm. Honestly, even now, the first words that spring to my mind about having Endo is they're all negative words. Endo is tough. It makes life seriously challenging. It is painful. It is draining. I hate fatigue. I hate brain fog. I hate debilitating cramps. And sometimes after my period, I I feel like my soul cannot breathe after going through that pain. And I know, I I know when I say that that you understand. Like if I just told a person on the street, like, hey, sometimes I feel like this pain is suffocating my soul. They'd be like, oh my gosh, drama queen, melodramatic. Like, no, that pain, it literally, it suffocates you. It like just sucks your soul out because it is, it's just such a level of pain. So I really, I want to be clear that life with endo is really, really hard. And I'm not negating that. I'm not like, oh yeah, the good in my life. It's a practice and you have to cultivate finding the good and trying to change your mindset and just trying to focus on something positive. If you're not there yet, I totally get it. For me right now, I have to be there because otherwise I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drown. I mean, nowhere. <laughs> I can't drown anymore. So like Amy said, it is actually a practice. This is not something you're like, okay, wake up one morning and all of a sudden I love my life. Like, nah, nobody's saying that's going to happen. But it's that's actually definitely probably not <laughs> not going to happen. Okay? <laughs> and it still you doesn't con- happen. Control your expectations. Yeah, like here. this isn't like you wake up and it's like sunshine and daisies. Like you wake up and it's still like rain cloud blood and knives. But you're like, okay, like let's transform that into like a single rainbow. Like, you know, that's that's more we're aiming it's for. It's raining blood. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that feels familiar probably for all of us. <laughs> so, but this is actually the really cool thing about practicing something like this is it actually becomes easier the more you practice it because of neurology brains so the more you using the big word i know neurology so fancy (laughs) ten dollar word but the more you actually practice these kinds of i guess practices you could call them or thought um, patterns thought patterns yeah these pathways actually it's it's like learning a language these pathways form in your brain. And the more you fortify those pathways by practicing, thinking about it, continuing those thought patterns, the actually the stronger the pathways become. So that means the easier those pathways become. So this is actually something that's pretty common to hear about now, not super common, but we're learning more about how our thought patterns affect our actions and how our thought patterns can make our brains formulate differently. Well, and they actually physically change Mm -hmm. your brain. Yeah, like the brain's actual, like the way it looks changes because of the pathways that you're developing. It gets all beefy in the section. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just mean bigger. What did you think I was... That's a problem. If your brain is small, you should go see a doctor. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, I don't know the sciencey terms. Like your front neural cortex gets like more blood flow, Uh so it amplifies... I don't know. Actually, don't quote me on any of that. Okay. This is like really up and coming and more and more scientists are seeing the effects of this and the positive effects are actually you can change the way that your brain perceives things and the way that you perceive things. And it's really honestly amazing. And it's real. Yeah. It's not is... some woo-woo. If you think positive, you'll feel No, bad. It's this a, is this real. This is a real deal. 
And I love what you said about it being the language of gratitude, because like if you ever have learned a language, like I learned Spanish. And so, yeah, it's true. At the beginning, you're like, hola. It's hola, by the way. But I, you <laughs> know better. You can put the H, right? As you know, if you don't know. So you're like, hola. And you're like, trying to talk. It's so hard. And your brain is like struggling. Like, oh, this is so hard. And then the more you do it. Yeah. And then one day, honestly, it's like every day you're studying, you're practicing, and you're trying, you're speaking, you're sounding like an idiot, you're saying really dumb things, people are laughing at you. It and sounds then, like you've had a personal experience. Like a that. little bit. Well, I did live in Spain for four years, and I'll tell you, at the end of four years and at the beginning, <laughs> very different. I had very different relationships with people, but, you know, at the beginning, it's it's so challenging, but then one day it all clicks, and it just became, after like, I don't know, like a year and a half, it became like so easy suddenly to speak Spanish. The same thing happens with gratitude or, mm-hmm. or these new thought patterns. That's also it's important to like break these negative thought patterns because the more they're reinforced. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. this vicious cycle of the more that you think in this negative way or victim way or just like everything's this, everything's that way, the, the more that you want to have these thoughts. Yeah, those aren't the pathways we want. We want positive pathways. <laughs> Before we jump into the silver linings that I found from endometriosis, we want to invite you to think as you listen today about any of the opportunities that endometriosis has brought you, opportunities to grow in some way or another. Oh, I see where this is going. The let's see our difficulties as an opportunity, not an obstacle. Ah, makes me want to poke my eyeballs out at times. I'll do it for you. Oh, yay. But then I'd have then I'd have more problems than I already have with endometriosis. So maybe I'll keep them in. Okay. But maybe we can poke the ovaries out. Oh, the one you have left? <laughs> no, don't do that either. Okay. I don't like where this is going. Let's, okay, no poking. No, please, no one poke me. But many people say that their illness has bettered them in some way. And that includes myself. I say that too. I shout it from the rooftops. My illness has bettered me. People are like, shut up. There's a lot of energy shouting, you know? <laughs> I was I didn't realize you had that much energy and in your core, you know, so much shouting is core work. I thought you were kind of painful in that area. And how did I get to my rooftop? <laughs> yeah, like, whoa. You know, it was like a Spider-Man. <laughs> that is not thing safe. Going on. Why are you like... standing on a slanted rooftop? I have a lot of questions. But I think sometimes once we've weathered the storm and we've gotten through the worst of it. We realized that we wouldn't go back and change anything because of all the personal and spiritual growth that it's led to for us. So are you in that camp? Would you change anything? I'm on my rooftop, Brittany, shouting, No! (laughs) No! Sometimes! Maybe you'd change being on the rooftop in a thunderstorm! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Being struck by lightning doesn't really sound like the best time. I don't need another reason to go to the emergency room. So maybe (laughs) I'll come in and I'll shout it from my balcony. Okay, that's safer. I support Mm -hmm. that. Honestly, though, I think that now that I've weathered the worst storms, which for me, I think one of the worst storms of endo was when I just first got sick and I was in high school and I was just so lost and confused and my identity was shattered. I had to learn to put all the pieces of my life back together again and integrate endometriosis into my life. And now that I have done that and that it's taken mm, good old, you know, 16 years. Yeah, a short amount of time, you know. But now that I know how to live 
with endometriosis and I've made room in my life for endometriosis. A lot of room, like it takes up a lot of room and it's a lot <laughs> it takes of takes up all the room. It's like a lot of luggage. <laughs> I have a storage container rented for all the things endometriosis, like Red Dragon came in. He's like, oh, I need my gold. I need my special. My hoard needs to fit in here. I need my special <laughs> wings. I need all the scales. Sometimes I change the scales. I'm like, oh, Some God. weapons for poking her when she gets too noisy or too comfortable. <laughs> but now that I live with Red Dragon and we've like, we have a routine going, you know, we go to bed at the same time. We've compromised on the music selection in the house. I feel like I wouldn't change it because... I never would have been so motivated to do all the things that I've done if I hadn't had endometriosis, if I hadn't had Red Dragon breathing down my neck all the time, being like, ah! And I think that's a conclusion that took a lot of self-reflection on my part to get to. It took a lot of journaling. It took a lot of forgiving myself and forgiving Red Dragon. Because like many of us with endometriosis, I have suffered so deeply at the hands of my endometriosis. There's been so much pain and there's been so much fear and there's been medical trauma from the dismissal from so many doctors and at times the sheer incompetency of our medical system. And yeah, I think it would be really nice to change that. Like if I could go back and change something, maybe I wouldn't change the fact that I have endo, but I would change the fact that I wasn't fully supported all the time. I would change the fact that my doctor said, oh, it's all in your head and that's delayed my diagnosis by mm, 16 years. There's plenty of things that I would go back and change so that this journey wouldn't have been so traumatic and so heartbreaking at times. But ultimately, I can't go back and change it because I can't go back in time because I don't have a time machine. Yet. Yes. <laughs> Yet. We don't. I can't change my diagnosis of endometriosis. So instead, I'm trying to focus on what I have learned from all of this suffering. And I'm trying to focus on how I can change my relationship to endometriosis and change the way that I think about living with this thing that I'm stuck with. I am stuck with endo. So how can I relate to it better? So how can I make space for it in my life? When scrolling social media and seeing posts from other people with chronic illness talk about what they've learned from their suffering, it's been really interesting to see what those things are and how varied or similar they can be in some cases. Some of the things that we picked up personally and also from what other people with chronic illness have learned from their suffering is things like getting healthy lifestyle habits, learning to cut out toxic people, surrounding ourselves with supportive people, working to have a better work-life balance and avoiding work burnout, getting the courage to set boundaries, knowing how to slow our lives down, minimizing or simplifying our lives, striving to have better sleep habits and to get enough sleep, learning to manage stress, Pushing ourselves towards healthy outlets for coping like humor, art, yoga, meditation, gardening. Allowing yourself to connect with other incredible people. Realizing that time is precious. So much of it is lost to flares and feeling ill and feeling in pain. Learning that we have to take advantage of the time we have when we're not experiencing flares and pain and stop wasting it 
is a really incredible gift. Realizing how much determination and courage we have for getting through those experiences is really eye-opening. You never realize how brave you are until you have to endure something like that. This brings to light the qualities in ourselves we didn't realize we had. We're resilient. We're fighters. We're self-sufficient. We're fierce. We can endure things we never thought possible, which teaches us that we can get through anything. We can survive the worst storms. We can put one foot in front of the other, even when things feel unbearable. Those are all incredible things to learn from experiencing suffering at the hands of endometriosis. Brittany, what a beautiful and touching and long, very long. <laughs> I loved how long it was. Like To think that people have found any number of those things or even all of those things from living with endometriosis or living with chronic illness is just, it goes to show that there really can be silver linings to living with such a horrible disease. And to that, I say Red Dragon, who drinks all of the coffee in the morning and leaves me none. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't want the coffee anyway, but I just but feel he'll like drink it all anyway. Right? I just feel like it's something he would do. Every time I open the fridge, he's eating all of the groceries. Left I'm like, one moldy carrot. <laughs> I left you something anyway. That's totally his MO. <laughs> I just think Red Dragon, give me something more. Give me any one of these things on this list. Give me something more. Give me a little more room in the bed. Give me a little more of the covers, which you always yank off of me in the middle of the night. Give me a little more toilet paper. How come every time you go, you end the entire new roll of paper and you never replace it? How come I'm always the one who has to squeeze the bottom of the toothpaste, Red Dragon? <laughs> Do you really brush your teeth? Why is my toothpaste always gone? He's got a lot of really sharp like, teeth. <laughs> he doesn't brush his teeth. He like brushes his claws with the toothpaste <laughs> to make them shiny and white. <laughs> He always leaves the toilet seat up. He never takes out the trash. He never does the dishes. Why are we living together? He doesn't even pay half of the rent. I pay all of the rent <laughs> and all of the bills, and I do all of the grocery shopping. Oh, my God. This relationship with Red Dragon is bringing me nothing. Ugh. I want a new roommate. <laughs> well, he's not going anywhere. No. Kicked him out of my body. He's not going to leave. So you know what you can do? is you can try to find some of the good things that your roommate Red Dragon has brought into your life. You said you've had some silver linings, right? So, like, what are they? When you were talking, I was thinking that all the different silver linings that Red Dragon brought me, I never would have met Brittany. Fine, see, I said you first, jeez. <laughs> she really does love me. <laughs> she actually wasn't even Aww. on the list. Uh, I wasn't. I forced her to. Brittany's like, where's my name? I was like, oh, yeah. I, I had to get some credit, okay? <laughs> After that end of horror story, I deserve a little bit. So thinking about the person that I might be today, if I had never gotten endometriosis, I realized I probably would not have as much energy. Which sounds ironic because when you have endometriosis, you have none. In my case, crippling fatigue. <laughs> oh, behind door number one. <laughs> Everyone loves crippling fatigue. Oh yeah, sounds great. Gonna go for a nap right now. Thank you, blessed I endometriosis, <laughs> because you taught me that I had to cut out crap from my diet, and then introduce into my diet really nutrient dense foods like vegetables. 
and some fruits and nuts and seeds and healthy fats like avocado mm. and coconut. Mm. I'm hungry now. <laughs> so had I not gotten endometriosis, I probably would be on the same diet that I was on in high school, which was just a very typical standard American diet that robbed me of energy. Thank you, chronic illness, for motivating me to take care of myself so my symptoms will be a little less severe. Thank you. You see, and I probably would not have realized that if I'd never gotten endometriosis. I might have, but I might not have. I'm probably going to list that if I might not have because in my family, no one was, we were never educated about healthy eating. So, so thank you, Endo. Next on our list. We've both found things that we love doing. Oh, hobbies. In my case, I love button art. She does love button art. What do you love, Brittany? I love quilling. Ooh, I tried quilling, Mm. but I was like, this will make me insane. I love the tediousness because it distracts my mind because my mind's always going (laughs) all the time. And quilling, it's like, shut up, brain. You got to focus on the paper. So that's why I love it. (laughs) I love that. Oh, I love Qigong. Mm Mm-hmm. Yoga. Another thing that shuts my brain up. I love it. (laughs) And studies are showing that yoga has anti-inflammatory effects on the body. Double whammy. Mm -hmm. So these probably sound like really normal hobbies like, oh, because of endometriosis, she does button art. And to that, I will say, yes. Because I realized that I had to find things that gave my life meaning because everything felt so meaningless. Sorry, but <laughs> but that's where we were. <laughs> everything felt so challenging and every day is just it's so hard. And I realized I need something to look forward to every single day. Like I need hobbies and things in my life that I love so that I have a reason to wake up every morning and to get through my pain because I know every evening at 9 p.m. I'm going to do Qigong, which I love to do. It's kind of like Tai Chi. Brittany loves to do yoga. She loves to do quilling. I love button art. It's something so satisfying about finding the perfect button and then putting it on the canvas next to the other person's oh, wow. button. Wow. Well, you said quilling. I, I mean, you're All twisting right. paper that you cut up. She's <laughs> hobby shaming me right now. Oh, For no, no. some buttons. <laughs> All right, paper versus button. Write in people. Button art or quilling, okay? Or glitter art. We will. Ooh. Oh, oh, common ground. Hands down, glitter. Common ground. Okay. <laughs> But the point is, I, at least I know personally that I had, I had so much anger. I needed a place to redirect all that anger into art, the anguished artist. <laughs> well, it's true. It's like when my brain was spinning its wheels, instead of just sitting there watching TV, which was maybe enjoyable, it didn't actually like help with my anxiety. It actually made it worse. So I found that focusing on doing quilling or focusing on meditating or yoga actually channeled that negative energy. And I wouldn't have found a way to do that. And it's been productive for me because now it helps me to be more productive in other places in my life. I wouldn't have found that without being forced to find something to help me. And it's something that I honestly look forward to every day. I love all of my hobbies. And I think the next thing on our list is sense of humor, baby. The only (laughs) weapon that we have sometimes in the face of the most horrific, darkest (laughs) realities that we can face sometimes. Yep. And sometimes people say like, oh, you have a really twisted sense of humor. Or, oh, you have a really dark sense of humor. You want to know why? (laughs) It's like, 
you know what? It's just if things feel like they're constantly going wrong or you're, you know, you have nausea and you have stabbing pains and you have this and you have that, but you have to keep going. I think we know it's laugh or cry. And I'm done crying. Well, that's not true. I cried like two days ago. Well, but... you, can, you can cry from laughing. That one's okay. <laughs> no, these were like real tears I know. that I was in the closet because I was feeling really sad. <laughs> Humor also releases endorphins. Oh, so yeah. I don't know. I honestly, I really feel that I would not be so humorous. Again, you can you can write us and let us know if we're humorous. That's another poll. Okay. If you guys don't think we're funny, then we're in trouble because we think we're funny. <laughs> Next, I have learned, and I think many of us have learned, not to sweat the small stuff. One, because we've learned to laugh, as previously stated. Almond pain. (laughs) 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 And two, we have faced huge obstacles in our life, right? Like, is this mass ovary cancer? It's kind of a big obstacle. What about... Can I make it through this meeting or job interview without having to run off and have diarrhea? That's a bigger obstacle than ovary cancer. Might be a more embarrassing obstacle. <laughs> yeah. I, and a smellier obstacle. Yeah, a messier yeah. obstacle. <laughs> no, the point is, is that those are both things that happen that are insurmountable obstacles. How about this medicine has what kind of side effects? <sighs> That's a good one. We're trying to live our lives be it go to school, hold jobs, and countless other roles that we're doing in the face of chronic and debilitating symptoms at times, or most times. All times. Or all the the time. (laughs) Dealing with issues like this since we're 16, 14, some of us 10 years old, I mean, honestly, they really do dwarf those problems that are like, Oh, no, they ran out of my favorite food at this restaurant. Or what am I going to wear tomorrow to this event? Although that is a valid question. Or my personal favorite. This rain is going to frizz my curly hair. Real problems. But, well, but I think those are more nuisances than problems. Exactly. You know, but for some people, those are their problems. They're the big problems. And I think for a lot of us, we've we've learned at least I I'm sorry, I should only speak for myself. I, I love speaking for myself. We I, know. <laughs> at least I've learned, like, that's just small. That's like chump change, you know? Yeah, and why would you waste the good days? Because, you know, when you have endo, sometimes those good days are fewer than the bad days. Why would you waste those good days complaining about these trivial nuisances? My I mean, hair. Your hair getting frizzy is is a nuisance, but it's not a problem. So... Why focus on those nuisances when you could spend it focusing on the fact that none of those problems are present right now? None of the real problems are present on the good days. This is helpful because no more losing sleep over sweating the small stuff. Losing enough sleep over sweating through the pain is like a real thing. (laughs) But (laughs) no more losing sleep about the small stuff and no more spending half of your life having real problems and the other half being angry. So it's better to spend those good days in the good and let those problems, you know, focus on the big problems rather than the little ones. The big problems of, will I make it through this meeting with diarrhea? Yeah. Or without diarrhea. Oh, excuse me. Don't, inv- <laughs> don't invoke the diarrhea. Even if my hair is a little bit frizzy from the weather, 
At least I don't have diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> then that's just chump change. Doesn't matter. Yeah. The big ones are worth focusing on. The little ones, don't waste your good breath and your good energy. Next on the list, I have to thank endometriosis. Yes. I like a snack. <laughs> endometriosis for teaching me empathy. I think a lot of us, we've come to realize that life is hard. Really? Isn't hard? Yeah. No, it's a breeze. Life's a piece of cake. Every day's a good day. Life's easy as pie. That's also not. Oh my goodness, what is with these analogies always referring to round, Life's easy as sweet some, foods? Meringue. Some roasted broccoli. Ooh, with garlic. <laughs> oh, garlic. Yummy. Life is hard. It does not always go as we want. It's certainly not fair. And I think having to deal with severe symptoms, it's taught a lot of us that. I think we all have a lot of endo horror stories. We've all had a lot of flares or moments where we felt mortified or a lot of us suffer a lot having endo. I think having endometriosis has taught me that there are actually a lot of great people out there. There are a lot of people who are not great, for sure. But there are a lot of great people out there, people who will just listen to you when you're feeling down or coworkers who will do a favor for you at work when, when I'm not having the best day and they'll go to the copy machine for me. I have met so many amazing people because I have endo and because I have needed help at times. You know, I met so many amazing people and it's made me realize that I also want to do that for other people. Like, I realize that suffering is universal. Like, I'm suffering from endo. I'm having a really hard time. But then someone else over there is having a really hard time because they've lost someone. And someone else is having a hard time because they have financial hardship. And someone else is having a hard time because of something else. And many of us are having a hard time for different reasons. But it's made me realize that it really is universal. And I want to be empathetic and I want to be there for other people in the way that people and even strangers have been there for me. I honestly think if it wasn't for endometriosis, that I wouldn't care so deeply for others and for their struggles. Endo has made me a good person. (laughs) Thank goodness for that. If you were talking to the me who didn't have endo from 16 years ago, I might be just some stuck-up meanie. Big, big meanie. (laughs) I just said meanie. You added the big, big. (laughs) Making fun of other people. Pushing people in the street. Are you a bully in a a 90s movie? I don't know if I would. Honestly, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would push people, but I could be mean to people, right? Well, yeah, if you were really mean, you might. She's a a villainess in a 90s chick flick. That's what I feel like right now. I don't like the way you looked at me. Pushed to the ground. Wow. But I'm not like that. I'm not like that. On most days. Excuse me in you. I'm not like that because of endometriosis. Thank you, Endo. It has made me human. (laughs) Are you a goddess before? (laughs) No, I was was not evil. I was. Wow. Oh, my gosh, Brittany. It's a, it's a, what? This is my payback. It's a, it's a saying. It's like, it's humanized yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Period. Endo, quote, 
period has humanized me. You're <laughs> <laughs> quoting the period. <laughs> moving on to the next one. Moving on to the le- and the final last one because clearly Brittany is losing it over there. Oh me, me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm what keeps this podcast together. <laughs> And so the last one for today is that, are you ready? Drum roll, please. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you sound like an angry, an angry, angry bee, an, ang- <laughs> an angry turkey. <laughs> I, I almost feel like I shouldn't say this because I feel like, is this true or is it not? It's just, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it. I don't know where this is what going. I, like, I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm going to say it because I want to be it and I am it sometimes. Okay. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> scared i'm happy oh that wasn't so bad yes so very low but it's like a very loaded like i'm happy is like a very like i'm happy everyone's like no you're not i'm so suspicious of you no (laughs) one's not true happiness no one's happy that's why there's like 50 billion books written about the subject (laughs) fair and i want you to know that i've pretty much read them all (laughs) (laughs) so if anybody would know if they're happy or not it'd be you (laughs) no i don't i don't know i don't know if you can know if you're happy but i feel happy and I have literally been obsessed with happiness like I have been obsessed with what is happiness like what is being happy how do I get it is it possible for my life and I'm telling you I have read countless books and articles and psychology journals on happiness and gratitude and acceptance and gone to meditation retreats and I've learned about Buddhism and I am I don't know. I've been on this quest for years because I was so, 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 so just to a billion. I was so unhappy. I was so depressed. And I just felt like I had to crack the code for myself because I think it's different for all of us. And I I just had to crack the code to being happy. And if that was possible in my life, because the life that I had been living was so miserable for me and just so utterly unbearable. Well, with an illness that is never going away, ever. What illness is that? Endometriosis. (laughs) Dagger in my heart. (laughs) With an illness like that, an illness that brings such crushing physical and emotional pain, how... Does it? You tell me. (laughs) How can you find any happiness amongst and within that? How did I find happiness? How'd you find your one tiny rainbow in the raining blood and daggers, Amy? (laughs) Basically, all the hundreds of books, guided meditations, gratitude journal entries, and the complete rewiring of my brain, change your brain, change your life. Thank you. Basically, it's a hard pill to swallow that you have a chronic illness that is never going away. It is a hard truth to accept. That there's no cure and that this is something that you have to live with forever. And the weight of that being on me, the chronic illness part, I mean, I was just diagnosed a year ago, but trust me, at 16 years old, when I got really, really sick and I started going to like 11 different doctors by my second year of college and sitting in the waiting room and two years had gone by and we still didn't have answers and I was getting sicker and sicker by the day and chronic fatigue and my dad was talking about how I'd have to withdraw from college if I didn't get better and the weight of having a chronic illness it was weighing on my shoulders like this is forever 
And probably for 10 years, I wasn't ready to be at peace with that fact. And there are times when I don't feel at peace with that fact, but it's just moving towards trying to accept, which again, it's a practice. I, I don't, I never reached a point where it's like, yes, I accept. And I signed this little piece of paper that's like, Amy accepts that she has endometriosis. I don't think I'll ever reach a point that's like a constant practice and a constant cultivation of this being at peace with it. But I don't know, a couple years ago when I had like that just really, really dark moment where I was like, I'm drowning. Like, I don't know how to live like this. And then I realized all of these books and teachings and ancient wisdoms, they're just basically, I thought for me, it came down to saying, life sucks. <laughs> I mean, life. <laughs> I like your philosophy. Life sucks. So just be happy anyways. And the sense of humor was born. What birth it was. <laughs> and that birth was not as painful as my period on endometriosis, let me tell you. <laughs> I just, I do feel like I'm happy. I don't know, for me being happy, it just means like being at peace. Like it's just being at peace, like stuff is going wrong all the time. Like it's hard and it sucks. And this is a clean podcast and we don't swear, but if we did, I would let loose a, a lot of expletives. <laughs> I would let lose a lot of swear words to let you know a more deeper phrase than life sucks. I would take that a lot further. Okay. So just take it a lot further in your mind. So envision the passion. Okay? That's how I feel. The passion <laughs> of me saying that life sucks. You know what? Screw it. Screw life sucking. Screw endo. I'm going to be happy anyways. Thank you, Button Art. Thank you, Glitter. Thank you, Brittany, for being my best friend and being oh. so funny. And... I'm just going to just I'm going to do it. Just going to wake up and be like, okay, I'm in pain. Probably I'm not laughing and I'm not like woohoo, but if it's not crippling, then I want to be happy anyways. And if it is crippling, I just want to say that's fine. It's my cross to bear, it's my my burden, it's my whatever, it's my destiny, it's my fate, it's my life. It's it's mine and I'm just going to embrace it. And I'm going to be happy anyways. Be happy anyways. Be happy anyways. Get that tattooed on your anyways. hand so you never forget. <laughs> Honest to God, if I probably it would be very allergic to having a tattoo because clearly my body is allergic Rejects to everything. everything. <laughs> but I honestly have thought in the past, like I would get the tattoo happy anyways. Happy anyways. Thank you, Endo. Because <laughs> somehow I don't know how the most ironic thing in the whole world happened. You suck. Life sucks. Everything sucks, and I'm happy. I think it's important to realize that these changes don't happen overnight. Like we said, you're not going to wake up and be like, everything's great and I love my life. And something that I think about when we discuss changing your thought patterns or feeling better about something or looking at a new perspective is like, okay, so you know when you're letting your hair grow and you don't cut it at all and it just grows a tiny little bit every single day. And then all of a sudden you look at a picture of yourself from like a year before and you're like, oh my gosh. My hair got so long. Like, I'm sure that's happened to a lot of people. You're like, wow, when did my hair get so long? It's kind of like the same with a positive thought pattern or changing the way that your perspective is on something. You do a little tiny bit, millimeter every single day, just a tiny little thing. And then one year later, you look back and you're like, whoa, I think a completely different way than how I used to. My outlook is completely different than how it was. Also, look, my hair's longer. So... <laughs> 
Like these things are small, now tiny things every day. Now that you say that, Brittany, 16 years has gone by. And have you ever heard of that movie Rapunzel? Oh, yeah. I'm the star. Her hair is quite long. <laughs> That's how long my hair got. <laughs> she grew it for 16 Except, years. Is Rapunzel blonde? Yeah. Well, I love what you said about the hair growing because it really highlights how imperceptible these changes are, but they're just happening, you know, so slowly that and they accumulate over time to be something really dramatic in the end. If 16 years ago you had said to this me, this who was like this really sad, depressed, undernourished, because <laughs> I have diary all the Sleepy. time. Sleepy. Yeah, fatigued. <laughs> but like this really miserable girl who's, I was suffering so deeply for so long. I never could have imagined myself here and talking about how I feel happy. Like, that's like unheard of to me. And so I just, it can be hard to imagine a different reality for ourselves. And it can be hard to imagine that that we can ever be at peace with what happens to us. And I've had to find inspiration in so many incredible people and their incredible stories of strength. It's okay if you don't feel happy right now or at peace with your illness or that you accept your illness. And it sounds, you know, cliche, but it is a journey and it takes time and it is happening right under our noses without us realizing that. So just keep putting your foot one in front of the other. (laughs) When I was 16, when I was 20, I was just trying to survive. I wasn't trying to be happy. I was just trying to get through my day without pooping myself. That's literally what I was trying to do. So I just, I want to leave that there is hope to feel differently in your life It's not a race. It's done at everybody's own individual pace. So if you're sitting here saying like, no, I'm in the angry phase. There's no hope for for me being at peace right now. Ooh, I was in that phase for about 10 years. Yeah, that's okay. That's like totally (laughs) normal. Like 10 solid years. Yeah, that's not like, like, you're not like, like, oh, I like broke things. I'd be like, (laughs) fan, why aren't you working? And then I would kick it. Yeah, I'd be like, I hate you, fan. That was different. Yeah, that's <laughs> but that's like not abnormal. That's like a real feeling that is okay to feel. But just this tiny imperceptible like, hmm, maybe there is a point that I could get to. For me, it may be one year. For somebody else, it could be 10 years. There is a point that I will get to where I can just be okay that this is my life. And then in another five years, two years, seven years, I can be like, okay, and now I'm thriving in it. And it's okay to take it at your own pace and it's okay to not be in that place right now because everybody's pathway is different. But hopefully just listening to this podcast may have planted that tiny little itty bitty baby seed in your mind that there is hope for it to not be like it is right now. And there are ways for it to physically be better and for it to mentally and emotionally be better. And that's really what we want to give to you is just little seeds to plant in your mind. That can make a huge difference a year, five years, 10 years from now. I'll be honest. If I had not met Brittany, Brittany planted so many of these seeds in my mind. (laughs) And that is the truth. And at the beginning, I was like, oh, Brittany, yeah, she's on my list, whatever. (laughs) But the the truth is, had it not been for Brittany talking to me about so many topics, you would probably have a very different Amy. I've done a lot of work in the past four years. (laughs) But Brittany has really listened to me and she's really helped me process a lot of my anger, so much anger and a lot of my feelings. And she's helped me see that things can be different for me. 
And just by starting to think that things could be different for me, they ended up different for me because I got on that path. I just want to say that it's been really rewarding to watch how your thoughts on your illness and your life have changed over the years. What do you mean you've been watching my thoughts? Are you in my mind? Creepy, Brittany. That's creepy. Yes, I'm 100% in your mind. I can read it. I practice telepathy. And I'm creepy. (laughs) No. Oh, my God. Do you think Red Dragon living in my apartment is in my mind? (laughs) Maybe when I have a migraine, he is. Maybe it's me going, I want to be annoying because I'm in your thoughts. Maybe Brittany's Red Dragon. (gasps) The horror. Can you imagine? Do I live with Brittany? (laughs) I mean, that'd be easier than living with Red Dragon. (laughs) But no, no, no. I learned your thoughts when I read the book that you're publishing. Ah, it all makes sense now. The book. Mm-hmm. <gasps> my baby. The book. Don't tell my cat I said that about <laughs> it being my baby. <laughs> First the cat and then the book. Okay, fair. Yeah. It's been really enlightening to read your book and learn how you fought against your illness at the beginning. And then as you began to feel more neutral towards it, it was so fascinating to see that in the end... It shaped you into the strong and determined woman that you are today. Amy's book is beautiful, and I can't wait until it's published so that more people than just me can read your reflections on how you came to the conclusion to just be happy anyways. Something really nice about the book is that you take the reader into finding the strength that they have inside themselves to get through the unbearable moments in their life. Wow, Brittany. Do you want to write the summary for Amazon or what? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Sign me up. I know in some episodes, Brittany and I have mentioned books that have changed our life. And we both love books because a book can go so much deeper into these concepts of happiness and acceptance and other things that we're looking for on this journey of life. And I think Yeah, it's been really fun to write the book because there are two main topics in the book. And one is about finding strength to get through the worst moments of our lives and the strength to get through the excruciating pain. And then the other main topic of the book is learning to be at peace with these unbearable moments and not letting them break us. And ultimately, Not only are they not breaking us, but they're actually shaping us into the people that we are today. And also to recognize the wisdom and the strength and the determination that we have inside of us, that we all have inside of us, that we just have to realize that we have and tap into that. Learning and growing from our suffering. That is what this episode is about in this podcast and also what my book is also about. also what your book is about yeah, because that's a topic that i am obsessed with well it's a really big concept and i think that's something that's a lifelong process and you've done a really good job communicating how you walked that process so i'm really excited for other people to read your book and to walk along this journey with you while they're experiencing their own journey We want nothing more than for you to find peace and happiness and acceptance or just neutral. Just neutral ground. (laughs) I honestly, I started for neutral. I was like, just please don't let me feel so angry Just less anger. So if you have any things in your life that you are thankful or happy for that Endo has brought you, we would love to hear what they are. Or if you have some just okay things (laughs) that are a result of living with Endo. 
share that with us as well. You may not have any good things yet. So you can reach out to us in multiple ways. We love interacting with people on Instagram. So you can find our Instagram at in 16 years of endo. You can also go to our website, which is in 16 years.com. So thank you so much for listening today and spending your time with us. And honestly, if endo has brought anybody anything, it's brought us each other. I really love that we have this community of endo friends that we can share these hardships and struggles with. You're so wonderful, Brittany. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. 